Uh, hi, this is Lewis Black, and you're listening to The Green Room with Sean Green. That's why it's called Green Room, you idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Box. We step out of that shit like a homeless man trying to change his life. We do it so fresh. We do what the fuck we want to do. The Green Room is brought to you today by Amazon. Click the Amazon link on SeanTGreen.com to support The Green Room today. And now, live from Marina Del Rey, California, the host of The Green Room, Sean Green! All right, everyone. Welcome to The Green Room. We're doing it live here from Marina Del, California. I am here with my left-hand man, Mr. Logan Lysico. Logan, thanks for being on the show. Calabunga and howdy. Two for, uh, two for, what is it, two for Friday here, Logan? Yeah. It is a Friday. We're in beautiful Marine uh, Del Rey, California, hanging out with my main man, Matt Sullivan. Matt, how's it going? It's, it's, going, it's going great. You know, welcome welcome to the uh, Marine of the Kings. Now, wait, what does that mean, Marina? That's oh. Marina Del Rey. Oh, okay. Marina Del Rey. <laughs> <laughs> Took me a second, the, uh, the Kings thing. Yeah. You know that... Uh, uh, our buddy uh, Justin, we went down to San Diego, and he was like, "Oh, San Diego, the whale's vagina," and honestly thought that was the Spanish <laughs> translation for wow. a long time. <laughs> Maybe that's why he wasn't laughing during Anchorman. He's just like, "Oh, that's a fact." Yeah, exactly. That's not a joke. That's just a fact. Yeah, why does he keep uh, referencing that fact? <laughs> yeah. He thinks Ron Burgundy's a real person. Yeah. Oh, Ron Burgundy, noted newscaster. What's he doing in this feature-length film? Oh, wait, this is a comedy. <laughs> that was Will Ferrell the entire time. Do I don't know if Will Ferrell was the best choice to play Ron Burgundy. <laughs> is that your Ron? Is that your Ron Burgundy, Logan? No, I was just never mind. <laughs> okay, we are in a uh, we're in an awkward position here podcasting. Well, first off, Matt doesn't have a uh, Matt doesn't have a table, so that was a uh, that was issue number one. But I also forgot the power uh, cord to the mixer, so we're kind of. Uh, I believe Logan described it as N-word rigging this uh, operation. No, I so did. Totally did. Come I heard on. him. I heard him. But he didn't. He didn't. He didn't church it down. He he went for. It. He went for it. Church he set it, it off. Down. Well, let's. Uh, we did a lot of stories. A lot of stuff to get to. First off, Logan, you had a uh, you had a run in with the law, or not your own uh, form of vigilante justice. You want to take us through that story? Yeah, the other day I was uh, just being an idiot like I normally am, and uh, someone knocked on my front door. I mean, I was just watching TV or doing something and for some reason i left the uh my laptop on my porch so someone starts banging on the door i answer it it's this little asian guy you know and he's why is that important yeah exactly because he was was like wearing a collared shirt he was pulled over in a car i had no idea who this guy was i was just trying to figure out what was going on was he going to try to sell me something but (laughs) Because he's Asian. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. But uh, Texas and Logan keeps coming out. No, <laughs> you guys started it. You brought the racist out. So uh, it gets worse. So uh, so he knocks on the it's door and I answer it's it. It's a campaign for racism. It gets worse. You I, thought they did this, but no. Now they're doing this. It gets worse. So uh, so I was like, "What's up, man?" And he's like, "Hey, man, I just saw someone take a laptop off of your porch. It was probably your laptop." Uh, he went that way. It was an African American bum. He said it that way too. It was pretty adorable. I, love the guy. I, love the I just guy. wanted to pinch his cheek when he said that. He was being so nice. He was like, Mister. Uh, he doesn't want Mr. to make a good any... citizen. Yeah. You call like... him an African American bum or like an African American impoverished gentleman. Like, <laughs> I know. What's, yeah. what's with the stuff? <laughs> But anyway, so I ran down the street. I look. I ran down a lot of streets looking for this guy. Didn't see any bums. And when I saw this one black bum, I was just jogging toward him because he was far African-American far down the street. Yeah. Uh, so he was far down the street. I started jogging toward him, and he looked terrified. So I knew right away he was guilty. So I just kind of <laughs> like, I just kind of came up to him. He didn't take his eyes off me. He's like, "Oh, hey!" And I was just like, "Hey, man, uh, did you pick up a laptop off my porch?" And he's like, "Oh." Is that yours? And then he like <laughs> reached into his cart under a blanket and like pulled out my computer and gave it back. That's... And that was it. And I just took it back and told him to stay away from our house. You don't mess with my family. Uh, that was awesome. So you didn't you didn't curse him out at all? You didn't you didn't threaten him? No, but I acted you know, I puffed up my chest and everything and acted like <laughs> acted like I might do something if he didn't give it back. 
<laughs> but I gave him a. Ch- it was like, here's your chance to get give the computer back and not have anything That's happen hilarious. to you. But so I didn't. You, no, I didn't. He easily gave it back. Could you have beat him in a fight? Just out of curiosity. Oh yeah. Oh really? Well, I mean, I'm scared. You're always nervous fighting a homeless person. They got nothing to lose. Does yeah. he have a knife? What? AIDS needles. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I so, just imagine every homeless person is going to stab me with a, a rusty AIDS needle. And well, just on the street, if he was walking around the street, I don't know if I would say I could beat him up, but just how scared he was made me yeah. more confident. <laughs> now, did you wash down the laptop after that? Or were you freaked out I at didn't, all? I didn't. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you've been was, putting your hands all over it. By his homeless shirt. Oh, yeah. I was touching it too earlier. Damn it. Why didn't bring that up? I remember I was walking uh, the dog around our neighborhood where there's plenty of homeless people wandering around. This is and, Beverly Hills, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beverly Hills adjacent. <laughs> adjacent. Adjacent. Well, I was walking around and there's this homeless guy and there's like shrubbery grown out of the side. So there's like kind of a small a small uh, path for the sidewalk. So it's kind of cut off. The homeless guy is coming at me and he's got he's got tons of homeless stuff on him, rags, lots of bags full of cans. And I see that, and I immediately freak out. And I so I walk out into the street and walk around him. And the guy's like, "Hey, man, I was gonna let you pass." And I go, "Oh, uh, it's nothing personal. I just had a bad run in once." He goes, "Oh, okay, I understand." <laughs> and I just totally made that up. And I, felt, I felt kind of bad in hindsight, but yeah, I guess it's just the. Um, Oh, I do that too. I lie to them. Like they'll always ask me for money. I'm like, "Hey, man, I got, I'm in debt. I'm, I got less money than you do. You're richer exactly. than I am." And they're always like, "Oh, I'm sorry, man." It's like, well, there's yeah. one lady I got. I don't know if I talked about this on the show or not, but this lady goes, "Hey, you got a cigarette?" I go, "No, I don't." And you know, kind of annoyed, I go, "No, I don't." Yeah, I hope one day you're in need. You see what it's like. I was like, bitch, I don't have any cigarettes. <laughs> and now I'm really not going to give them to you because your attitude. Oh, yeah, yeah, you think you're better than me. I was like, no, I said I don't have any cigarettes. Yeah. Oh, I hope one day you're in need. No one's in need of cigarettes, all right? Yeah, I had a guy tell me, uh, he asked me for change. I said, I don't have any. He's like, well, what if I die tonight? You'd feel really bad then. He's like yelling at me as I'm crossing the street. It's like. No, I'm, I have no idea who you are, man. <laughs> I probably wouldn't even. People are always would not dying. know about it. I yeah. would, be, would have no idea if you died. My one, uh, my one buddy's friend who went to college in Philadelphia, he told the story of he was walking along and there was a bum lying on the street and the bum pulled out a pocket knife and uh, stabbed this guy's leg. So oh, when I heard shit. that story, that uh, that definitely kind of freaked me out as far as how I would approach bums and and uh, yeah, that kind of turned me on the bums because my before my logic. I guess growing up in Pennsylvania, you didn't see a lot of bums. So you're like, oh, hey, what do I need this 20 cents for? This could make this guy's day. And then you come out to Los Angeles where there are tons of bums, and you see the same bums every day. And you're just like, no, I'm just this asshole that's giving breadcrumbs to this pigeon and then wondering why the pigeon keeps coming by because there's breadcrumbs. And, yeah, sure, I'm not going to miss the breadcrumbs, but if I don't want the pigeon around, i got to stop laying out breadcrumbs. I thought you were going to say, wondering why this pigeon keeps shitting on my car. <laughs> that's also that's – also, uh, Wait, you had a homeless guy shit on your car? No, just, you know, society more so I'm referring to. <laughs> yeah, just homeless guys, a dump on they, won't, they won't go that crazy. They'll go crazy, but nothing – although – Oh, they will. I've seen a guy in uh, Westwood, of all places, which is by Beverly Hills, by the way. Uh, walking down this, I'm walking down, or actually we're driving and we see on the sidewalk, a crowded sidewalk, a homeless guy wiping his ass with a newspaper and his asshole is staring a family with a baby stroller right in the eye. I saw a guy. He he didn't even go to a corner. He didn't even go to an alley. In his defense, it was the New York Times, and it was a political statement. <laughs> he's, a, he's, a die, his he's a diehard conservative. Exactly. He's this liberal rag controlling the politics. and the. Uh, he's like, Paul Krugman, this is what I think of you. It was pretty ballsy. There were pretty, cops around. I mean, there weren't cops there at that moment, but in Westwood, there's cops, so maybe that yeah, was Yeah, I saw a guy take a, take a crap in an AutoZone parking lot, and the, the funny thing was he looked around to see if people were looking at him, and obviously people saw him, and then he still went there. Yeah. So I, I saw a homeless girl take a piss like right outside of your old office on uh, Hollywood. Really? Yeah, she just like grabbed the tree, like she just like kind of like leaned up against the tree, like when you do, uh, like you know when you do that like exercise where you lean your back up against the wall and it like it like works <laughs> your like thighs out like yeah, really maybe she hard. She had a lumbar issue. Yeah, she like just leaned up and just I was like all of a sudden I was just like stopped in like rush hour traffic and she just started peeing. 
And uh, no, I didn't see her vagina, unfortunately. <laughs> not that like, not that it would have made my day or anything, but I mean, I feel like if a girl's well, peeing, you just kind of want to see it, right? Right. You just were looking a... and you took note that you. Yeah, see no, it. of course. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I thought that's. What, I thought that's what you probably were thinking. Do you see a girl pee? Do you see her vagina? Like that's. Yeah, I mean, that's where common, my brain went. Yeah, it's just a natural curiosity, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Matt, big day today. Matt Sullivan is a uh, screenwriter for the movie. 30 minutes or less. Matt, take us through. What's it What's it been like uh, having a, having your movie everywhere? Monday night was the premiere. How was the premiere? The premiere was awesome. And uh, I'll just make a comment. One of the screenwriters. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> one of the screenwriters, not the screenwriter. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, the, no, the premiere was awesome. It was cool. You know, anyone who, I, you know, I, uh, I I took my parents to the premiere. Nice. <laughs> I, you know, definitely that Hollywood lifestyle. I uh, took my parents to the premiere and came back from the premiere and slept on my couch. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's how I'm balling. I'm balling. It's, I think that's what they meet when they say balling out of control. I is, think uh, is, uh, taking your parents to your taking movie your parents premiere, to a movie premiere. And, going yeah, home. Any any celebs? Any celeb sightings? Yeah, you know, uh, Joe Jonas was there. No, really? Yeah, I mean, no, it's, it was funny because I honestly, you know, I guess maybe I was just talking to people that I knew, and, and I guess I just don't even know a lot of celebrities, but. As you know, I was walking through the red carpet. I just saw a bunch of people, and I'm like, I don't, I don't even know who the fuck these people are. But uh, then afterwards, you know, you go through and you look at the pictures, and they're like, oh, yeah, Joe Jonas was there. And I honestly can't think of anyone else. But uh, it was random random people like that that any, had nothing to do uh, any with Any celebrities come up to you and talk to you like, oh, hey, Sully, screenwriter, huh? What's going on, man? No. Hey, no, uh, any, uh, any actresses? I flew below the radar. No, I mean, just, just people that I already knew. Right. So. Shooting the movie? Yeah, so no one, you know, no one like came up and like you know, like my life, my life's exactly problems. the same as it was <laughs> the day before. I'm still wearing sweatpants every day, you know. Yeah, well, you got khaki shorts on today, but that's I true. imagine that, that's just the early. Uh, that's the A.M. Sullivan. Well, no, I, I did it because Logan's going to film. I was trying to. Oh, okay. Trying yeah, to look Logan's going to be filming some stuff for the uh, add-on to the Comedy Garage documentary. You don't want to look like a complete slob, man. Yeah, you? exactly. Yeah. So now, which by the way is on Hulu now. Yeah, you can, oh, you can check it out on Hulu. So now, what's the? Uh, do you plan on uh, doing any more? What's your next move as far as screenwriting? Um, I have a couple ideas. I kick. I'm kicking around one that I'm just working on right now with a, a producer that uh, I have. I'm about like the second draft, or probably second or third draft in right now. Just kind of making some tweaks, and then uh, you know we'll see how that pans out. Maybe try to get uh, some actors attached to it, and then take that out, and we'll see. And then just. Uh, couple other ideas i'm working on pretty much just the daily grind you know that's pretty much how it is you just kind of got to keep churning out ideas and trying to get uh some more projects set up so now uh today's the first day that the pub- the public can see the movie mm-hmm. are you uh, are you are you watching the box office numbers is there a number that you hit, that you want the film to hit are you financially vested in how the movie does you know, I don't know. I think there's a there's a contract that I didn't fully read that w- would say <laughs> if I'm financially vested. But I think, you know, I'm personally vested. I, I mean, I want it to do well, I, partially just because I had fun with it. I think it's a funny movie, and I think, and I, you know, I really liked everyone that was involved in the process. So, I mean, I want everyone to succeed. And you Is know. there a number that you guys are trying to shoot for? Like, okay, $30 million opening weekend? I mean, What's- 30 would be huge. That would be crazy because... I think the actual the, the actual shooting budget worked out to be I want to say somewhere between twenty five and thirty five I want to say uh, with the incentives from uh, the, the great state of Michigan, but uh, you know um, so anything like that where it would do that would be huge. But uh, um, you know I don't you know I don't even know I don't pay attention to that stuff. I just hopefully hopefully it does well and everyone that goes to see it likes it. You know. So. Now, now I know uh, you said you took your parents to the premiere. Mm-hmm. I know your your parents are kind of conservative, like probably, well, my dad. I mean, yeah, conservative I, not in the political sense, but in the yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess I mean, or just well, my mom doesn't care about anything really. But she's almost <laughs> she's a nihilist. A, she's a nihilist. She's pretty much a nihilist. No, but I mean, is there? I know it's an R-rated comedy. I haven't <laughs> I haven't uh, seen it yet. But what? Um, like, was there any moments where you're like, oh, man, how's my dad going to react? How did your parents react to watching a crass movie like this? Or I'm imagining. I mean, they say it's R-rated comedy. You got Danny McBride. And yeah. You got Nick Schwartz. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty hard R. 
there's a lot of you know a lot of f bombs being dropped. There's a lot of some pussy jokes. There's, you know, it's, there's, there's, uh, what's it what's it like, Matt, going to your movie premiere um, that you and your your buddy Mike wrote, and you're you're watching your mom uh, well, watching uh, pussy jokes that you wrote. My mom was actually like dying of laughter. <laughs> my mom loved it, and. Uh, and then also for the uh, listeners, I have a cameo post credits. You have to watch all the credits, and then I have a cameo, and I think that probably made my mom's night. But uh, my dad loved that too. But you know, I I did a stand up show. I don't know. I guess it was three, four years ago. And my dad, after I got off stage, the first thing he said was, "He goes, I really liked that. I really liked that you only said the f word four times." <laughs> and I'm like, "What? The, you you were counting? Like you did you hear any of the jokes? Like were any of the jokes funny, or were you just like?" You know, keeping a tally of the times I said that for it. So my dad actually wasn't going to come because I kept telling him, I'm like, if you can't sit through the movie and then not tell me about the language <laughs> afterwards, and I don't know that I want you to be here for it. Right. <laughs> and uh, and so, like, my, and my mom was even like, no, you know, he probably shouldn't come. Like, this isn't his. And then he was even like, well, would Matt get offended if I didn't come? And I'm like, no, you, I keep telling you, if you can't do this. <laughs> And you can't do it, then d- then just don't. But uh, at the end, uh, you know, he ended up coming, and he told me there were some parts he liked, and I mean, he had some. <laughs> that sounds. Yeah, that sounds like a like, he gave, compliment. Yeah, he gave me, you know, the nice. Yeah, he was like, there were some really funny parts. So I mean, that's that's you know, that's the best you could hope for out of my. Dad. I mean, my dad's seventy. Like he's yeah. an old, and he's he's an old seventy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so, well, yeah, that that actually sounds wrong. He's actually the most fit seventy-year-old probably that I know. He's like almost like a mini Jack Lalanne. Yeah, and this, he like run, he for his seventieth birthday ran seven miles. Like, and he oh, works wow. out all the time. He got a hernia from doing too many pull-ups <laughs> and like using an ab roller. So like he's like too like he's physically, but he's also very much like you know, he's, a curmudgeon. No, nah, not a curmudgeon, but he's very much like of that time, I guess. Yeah. Very, very concerned. Like he was too old. He was too old for the '60s. He, or maybe he was actually the right age for the '60s, but he didn't get involved in any of that movement yeah. for sure. I don't. It doesn't sound like he was growing his hair out long. No, he had a flat now. top in the '60s. That's who he was. He probably was like. Uh, actually, he wouldn't have cheered on the Kent State people, but he was. You know, he was. He, he was. He was. He's. He's a big Democrat, but he. You know, he's very much a square in that sense. He wasn't. Uh, well, maybe he was if he was a Democrat involved in some sit-ins. Now, uh, do you plan to go see the movie in theaters? Uh, you know, it's hard. I, uh, I've seen it like seven times, and I enjoy it. I mean, I, I think it's a great movie. I think everyone's going to laugh and, and have a lot of fun. But maybe just because I've seen it. I, I know some people were telling me, like, you got to go see it. you got to see it with, like, an audience. But I've seen it with, like, a testing audience, and, uh, and it was fun. And, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm just weird, but uh, I don't know. I think if I went and saw it and, like, people, you know, like, people enjoyed it. Like, I don't know that I would, like, I wouldn't, like, you know, get a boner from it or nothing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, Do you get, well, but I, and I think if anything that would happen is if there was a line that I really like and people don't laugh, I'd just be like, I hate everyone in this fucking place. These <laughs> motherfuckers. Yeah, that's, that's normally how it goes. Yeah, and then I'd be like, and then when they get up to leave as the credits roll, I'd be like, you got to stay. There's a cameo. There's a fucking cameo, man. Sit down. But yeah, I think it would just be funny to mess with people in that sense or, you know, yeah. like, as the cameo's walking out, go, hey, what's going on with that. I mean, yeah. it wouldn't really work in a like, you, you see this jerk off? Psh, you know, like. You really need to fly to some small market, like just go to a Dallas Fort Worth yeah. uh, exactly. movie theater and then just hang out and then, you know, just like time it right at right as your cameos. You're just like standing yeah. up going, hey, what's going on, guys? Yeah. And, uh, hey, wait, guys, there's more. This <laughs> Listen to what this guy says. Th- this is, this is going to clue you into the sequel. Yeah. Now, do you, do you get self-conscious? Because I know when I watch myself do stand-up or listen to myself talk on on, com- on podcasts or stuff like this, mm-hmm. there is kind of a self-consciousness. Do you get that with writing? Because it's obviously jokes you wrote, but it's someone else doing it. So are you – can you be more subjective? Are you less self-conscious about it or um, – I mean, I wasn't self-conscious at all. Maybe it was partially just because the, everyone that was involved in this was was so funny. Like, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, like, none, like you know, none of the guys involved in this could do any any wrong. Like, you know, Michael Pena was phenomenal. Danny was amazing. Uh, Nick, all those, you know, all those guys were just like unbelievable. And and it's just, you know, it's more just, you know, I wasn't, you know, you don't get self-conscious. You just kind of. I mean, you could, but I think it's just, it's a lot better just to be, like, amazed by how well, like, people take just, like, you know, words and then make them, like, legitimately hilarious. 
take and like kind of add their yeah own. yeah exactly and I mean I think you know like I think in writing in general like <clears throat> the hardest thing to do is to not be like attached to anything and like allow people to kind of take it and make it their own and stuff and like even like writing when you start writing and like for me the hardest thing ever to do is when you write something funny to like then be able to say this doesn't need to be in the movie yeah, and I yeah. should probably cut this out so like being able to edit yourself and like getting rid of that attachment to anything is the best thing you can do as early as possible because it, it's just gonna like kind of hold you back like for a while like I just couldn't like cut certain things that I thought were too funny but at the end of the day like if it doesn't move doesn't if it doesn't move everything forward or serve the plot then you know it just shouldn't be there. And, yeah. you, and the, the, the truth is you can always, you know, create a scrap file of, like, random jokes, ideas, and whatever, and try to fit that in somewhere else. But yeah. it's best to fit it in where it best belongs as opposed now, to... Now, what's, a, what's one joke that hit the cutting room floor that didn't serve the movie that, in hindsight, you're like, I wish we could have figured out a way to put that in? Is there anything that stands out of a uh, specific scene? From the script? Um, nah, you know, to be honest, uh, I mean... It's pretty much. It pretty much was all. It was all there. There wasn't. You know, it was. It was great. It was a great process. I think it was pretty much uh, unlike what a lot of people go through, especially the first time something's made, where like it was just a great process with the producers and the um, the financier and everything like that, where it was kind of like they gave everyone the freedom to kind of make whatever what they wanted to, as opposed to you know some some situations where there's a ton of people giving a bunch of notes and, and stuff like that so now Jesse Eisenberg he looks uh he looks kind of fat in the I don't know if he fat it, I mean it, on the in the in the posters uh-huh. the movie poster he looks like way heavier than if you see him in the interviews did he put on weight for the role It's funny you actually noticed that and said that cuz he totally did oh, He okay. was drinking like I th- I mean I can't remember if he said he was working out, but he was definitely drinking like protein shakes and doing stuff to get like more muscular. <laughs> yeah, because he you, totally what you he see totally him did. in these interviews now. He looks like the kind of you know a wiry guy, kind of skinny, yeah. and then and no, the he definitely poster, he he he's got a little. He's a little jolly. I yeah, know. I don't remember how much weight he gained, but yeah, I think he gained at least like five, six pounds. I want to say. Plus, you know, we occasionally would go to the local Olive Garden or Carabas, and you know, <laughs> carb load that kind of stuff. So, so yeah, any any kind. Did you guys? Did you hang out with the guys at all after after like a long day of shoot? You and Aziz crack open some cold ones. Uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes we would go out to like some of the random bars. Like it actually, the way it worked out was like Aziz, Danny, and Nick were staying downtown. Grand Rapids, which actually, you know, it's a small nice town, but it is downtown. But yeah, they stayed because partially because they were coming in and out more, um, too, and it was just easier, I think. Uh, I mean, I don't know the exact reasons, but, um, uh, but, uh, so they stayed down there. And then, uh, me, Mike, and, uh, Jesse and some other people. Mike's the co writer. Yeah. And then Jesse is the, uh, director? No, Jesse. Oh, no, sorry. Jesse's, Jesse Eisberg. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, stayed at this, like, weird, like, kind of, like, suburban apartment complex, like, way out of nowhere. And it was, like, I think there was, like, this weird, like, evangelical or, like, Mormon group that kind of, like, <laughs> like, like, uh, like ran the area. It was kind of, it was an interesting, weird, but kind of, like, pleasantly nice place. Uh, so we just, we stayed there. So we, you know, I mean, on weekends and stuff, you know, sometimes we would all, you know, a lot of people go out and meet and grab a drink or go somewhere and there were like a couple of random parties, but you know, and sometimes, you know, like I said, we were just, uh, uh, me, Jesse, and Mike would go to like Carabas or like Olive Garden. Like seriously, <laughs> now, like now, like the people. It was at, pretty at, funny. The people at Carabas or Olive Garden they recognize Jesse. Yeah, yeah, and it, I mean, it's funny too, just because you know. I you know I can imagine what that would be like having to kind of go out and do that stuff, but the, everyone's always like really weird about it too. Like the the waiter or whatever waitress would come up and be like, "You're that guy, aren't you?" You know, and then be like, and he's like, "Well, yeah, well, I mean, what what guy?" And, yeah, because you don't want to you don't want to be like, "Oh yeah, the guy who is uh, Academy <clears throat> Award nominee for the yeah, Social Network," right. and then you don't want to <laughs> pretend like you don't know that you're famous. Yeah, like, well, it's, it's probably kind of a weird middle to play. Yeah, there were two funny things. Once one time he was like, "Yeah, I, you know, I'm you know whatever." After they said <laughs> the guy from Zombieland, he's like, "Yeah," and then and then some other guy, some other guy who was like the tough guy of the weight crew at Olive Garden. <laughs> <laughs> comes comes out and is like, yo, let me see your license. I want I want proof. Oh, what a <laughs> and we're just like, dude, who the fuck are you? Like, 
<laughs> you know, you, you come out and they're demanding his license. Like, he's that ridiculous. He's probably in the back trying to impress <clears throat> a waitress. Yo, yeah. I'll, go, I'll go right up to that fool. I'll go yeah, right up to that fool. Exactly. Like, I don't know. I don't know if they're. Uh... He was white. You didn't have to, like, go <laughs> yeah, that way uh... with that with that accent. Racism Sorry. No, that was, that was yeah. the white guy accent. Oh, okay. Right? The, the tough white guy. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you're hanging out at Carabas. The uh, wait staff was giving Jesse Eisenberg a hard time about whether or not he was Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, so you know it was it was pretty funny. I mean, that was actually at the Olive Garden, not to oh sorry besmirch the great people of Carabas. The Carabas, the the thing with Carabas was uh, was actually funny too. Um, there was uh, just two random girls that came up and sat with us and were like, "You're the guy from whatever." And the girl couldn't. I think the girl either she remembered the movie or she couldn't. But the funny thing was she referenced Cursed. And and like I don't I don't I'd never seen it. I never even heard of it. Yeah, but this was like this girl's favorite movie. I think it's like a witchcraft kind of movie. So <laughs> of course, you know, you know how teen tweens are. Any uh, any crazy partying? Who's who's the big drinker out of the crew? I'm gonna um, guess Danny McBride. No, no, not even. Uh, I mean, there wasn't really many crazy like real crazy nights like that because. Uh, you know, a lot of people would would uh, you know you shoot from like Monday to Friday usually, and then it's a lot like of people 12 go hour days too. Yeah, it's all twelve hour days, and then a lot of people just kind of want to either get out of town or depending on how long they were in town for, like go yeah. in and out. Plus, uh, you know, I don't. Yeah, I don't think anyone. No, there was no one that was like doing anything embarrassing or getting. I think really they. This is the time to party when the movie's coming out, right? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, so I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> as we're laying on Matt's living yeah, as we're sitting on my floor, and I haven't really done any partying. But um, no, I mean, you know, I think like I think there was one night where, and I think I think Dan even or Nick talked about it on one of the talk shows. But where they they all went out and like you know when it was Danny, Nick, and, and Aziz out, like pretty much everyone was was buying them shots. So and there was there was one night we didn't even yeah get, Nick Swordson's a pretty big drinker. Oh uh, no, you know. I th- I think uh, I think he goes in and out or something. I don't know. That's what Danny was saying on one of the shows. But uh, um, but uh, there was also there was one fun like night where we went and Aziz did stand up at this uh, club in Grand Rapids, which is called Doctor Grins. Oh yeah, which is hilarious. And then after that, they uh, set us up with a, a table in the back <laughs> at this like it was it's in this place called the Bob, which is the big old building, and it's like it's actually kind of cool. At least in concept, because uh, cool name. It was like literally, it's like a four or five story building mm-hmm. with like probably seven or eight different like bars, a comedy club, and like like one of them's just like a regular bar. One of them's like a dance club. So it's like got you know got a little something for everyone. And uh, sounds cool. Yeah, so that was a cool night. Cool night hanging out with Aziz. Now yeah. I've heard uh, in the stand up world there's a rumor that Aziz is kind of difficult and kind of full of himself. Did you get any of that from working with him? No, no. I thought he was. I thought he was one of like you know the nicest dudes. He's just like a cool, just chill guy. You know, I thought he was. A, I thought he was a lot of fun. He's just a really good guy. Good guy. Yeah. Cool to hang. He's got to just shake them haters off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it is weird. Nate. I mean, the truth is, I mean, it's probably just like you know. I think in, in anything else, like especially the stand-up world or whatever, it's like there's a lot of like cynical people. There's a lot of like yeah. people that just like. I mean, but you know. No one wants to see anyone else have success. It's like, I mean, it's like anything that where there's like a lot of competition and whatever. It's just like, you know, yeah. a lot of people are just going to. Haters going to hate. Haters going to hate. It is funny now that he's, he also kind of pollinates the hip hop world where he's in, I guess he's in the new Jay-Z and uh, Kanye video. Oh, really? Or Yeah, I, th- I, th- I just thought I saw something posted online that he was in that video, so. That's It'd be cool. interesting to see the role he plays in there. Yeah. Or just like those uh, liquor commercials where he's hanging out with Puff Daddy. Yeah, yeah. Like he's, he's kind of had an interesting mix of, you know, popping up in the hip-hop world and also, uh, you know, kind of uh, being a steadfast guy in the comedy world. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think he's done a, I think he's done a good job of kind of like, I don't know, you know, building like a fan base that builds a bigger fan base, you know? I think part of it is just because he's a really funny guy. And part of it's just like, you know. I think part it's of it's just smooth. Randy. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no, the Randy stuff get, is hilarious. Does he get, uh, he seems like he would be annoyed that the Randy stuff gets brought up all the time. Does he, like when he did stand-up, did he do some Randy stuff? Or is he kind of like annoyed that at how many times he probably gets yelled Randy? 
Uh, I think at the, sh- I mean, at the show, I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone did yell Randy. And I think he, you know, he just laughed. I think he just laughed it off. He didn't, he definitely didn't get annoyed. It wasn't like, it wasn't like any kind of like, uh, you know, thing where like, you know, people would yell Rick James to Chappelle or something. Yeah. And then yeah, he would just kind of be like, I'm done. Like, that wasn't I'm out like of here. the biggest part of that movie or anything. No, but I, I mean, mean those, huge. those videos a lot, a lot of were people. super popular. Yeah. I actually, I actually went to a – they were shooting a stand-up thing. I guess they didn't put it in the movie, but they shot something in L.A. where they were in a big theater. And I saw Randy for the first time, and he did a 30-minute set <laughs> just going, Randy! Yo, 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 yo! You know. <laughs> Tell those yeah. jokes. No, yeah. It I was mean, probably – was. I mean, were they shooting for the movie? It was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, he was – yeah, he was in character. Yeah. Oh, no, totally. Oh, okay. I guess maybe I was daydreaming for a second, but I, I didn't no, I catch just, the point of the story. Well, <laughs> there was no point. I guess I, I guess I just saw him do that, and oh. I thought it was going to be a huge part of the movie. I oh, saw that oh yeah, yeah. It came out. And when the movie Yeah, it was in a lot of promo stuff, too, I feel like. They like, kind of used that, which when was a good idea. Out, like, he did it for well, yeah, 10 I think, seconds or something. Yeah, I think they realized how popular the stuff became online. So they're like, oh, yeah, hey, let's try to use this to market the movie. But yeah. really, there's no place for it in the movie. I mean, they already yeah. have almost two major plots going through that movie, Funny yeah. People. So to also, like, work in some Randy uh, B story would be a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I think maybe I think maybe people became kind of aware of, like, like I said, after the Chappelle stuff, I think maybe people became more aware of like yeah, I'm just that, going, that, like, like no one wants you to like shout stuff or like that it doesn't actually make the perform. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> maybe audiences got smarter. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but I think that you know yeah, I'm just because uh, my buddy Zach went down to uh, Philadelphia and well, sound, Philly. That, I mean, sounded that like a lot really... of people wanted to, him to do Randy, and he's like, I'm not doing Randy. I'm just gonna do some stand up. Well, yeah, okay. I guess I can't. I guess you know. You guys, you can't really compare the good people of Grand Rapids, Michigan, to the <laughs> the trash that you know comes in uh, and out of Philly on, every guy. day. Come on, that's that's a low blow. <laughs> I'm just kidding. There's probably a lot of Philly listeners right now. <laughs> exactly. that you guys are a great city. <laughs> they already hate you to begin with, Matt, because you're a Redskins fan. That's true. What do you think about your Washington Redskins this year? I, you know. I will just be ha- – as long as they don't have a game like they did against the Eagles last year, I'll be happy. Oh, that was pretty awesome. Like, here's the thing. No, it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> as long as – I think they're making the, – the problem is, is for years they kind of were just filling holes and, like, trying to act like they were going to compete by signing, like, old players that were, like, past their prime and, like, like oh, you signed Dion or Bruce Smith. Like, and I love Bruce Smith, but, you know, like, that's not how you win a championship. So they were just doing, like, this horrible management for years, and now they finally are actually kind of – setting up more of a long-term, like, growth strategy, which to me makes a lot more sense. So going forward, I'm way more optimistic. But in the present, I mean, John Beck, like, you know, no, well, he's you, the Mitt Romney of football, you know. <laughs> and I say that just because they're both Mormons. but And because, I don't know, they don't really do much for me. They're not going to do much on the national scale. No, exactly. They don't run, I'd rather have Ron Paul at quarterback. <laughs> rather go the libertarian route? <laughs> of course. In your mind, Ron Paul is the, uh, the Peyton Manning or Tom Brady of the political landscape? I'll go with Peyton Manning. Now, who do you plan on voting for in 2012, Matt? Have you made up your mind? I mean, right now, Ron Paul is the only person I would vote for. Otherwise, I'd just stay home. You'd abstain? Mm-hmm. Fight the power? Yeah. So you're not going to vote then? It's yeah, pretty, dem- pretty democracy's pretty overrated. <laughs> I think so. All you have to do is walk walk out into, you know, anywhere in America and and just say hi to like five people, and you'll be like, <laughs> yeah. "Wait a second, why are these people are totally canceling me out? Like, why do why five you know? out of five people are morons?" Yeah. <laughs> All I'm saying is the the they were onto something when they said you had to be a landowner to vote. Not that not that I'm like trying like you know the people would be like, "Oh, he's trying to say something like crazy like Trent Lott." Like, I, there's no don't read into that other than. You know, if you don't have something invested in the government, you know, I don't really respect what you have to say. <laughs> if, you you, are, you if you aren't paying some taxes, I just don't – I think I, – I respect the person who votes in their self-interest of keeping the money that they have more than I res- respect the person who votes in the self-interest of let me take more money from someone else. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. But that's the thing. I feel like people that are on welfare and stuff like that don't even really vote. It's just – Liberal well, they do, they do when people, like, organize vans to take them to the polling places or, like, vote for them. <laughs> or their bishop tells them to vote. Yeah, exactly. Way. You know, in California, you don't – and I, I this might even be in more states. You don't even have to show your license to vote. How ridiculous is that? No, yeah. Whenever or I any voted, ID, any ID. Whenever I voted, you just had to sign next to uh, wherever your name is. Yeah, you just say, I'm that guy. And, and I think the, vo- the voting – like, the voting lists – 
are actually readily available. So there's nothing that stops people from going, okay, yeah, I'm I'm Steve Johnson from like Third Street, and they go, okay, Steve, yeah, go in yeah, a boat, like that. And and the and I went the, into it's just ridiculous. I, yeah, I did it in person a couple of years ago, and I was surprised. I was like, I didn't. Have to show my ID. It was exactly like you said. It was scary. <laughs> yeah, scary. The power that's out there, Matt. Well, it's good news that you uh, you uh, got some showbiz success. Unfortunately, that's you know showbiz is is a cruel beast for many. And uh, I don't know if you heard this news that uh, certain George Lopez show called George Lopez Live, right? Well, yeah, you cut my mic out, so I can't really sing. Oh, that was your mic. I wanted it to be inclusive and I wanted it to be fun. So right now I'd like to ask the camera people to take one shot of this audience and show you how inclusive this show has always been. Who cares? Right now they're just panning the audience and just showing a lot of people with Lopez tonight t-shirts on going crazy. <laughs> I, uh, I never, I never realized I could love people as much as I do now. And a lot of the people that I love are here. Eva and Arsenio and Deep Fish and Ron and Slash, who is my brother. I love him so much. Slash, I love you, man. And Sheila E and Russell Peters, who is always so nice to me. Russell, I love you, man. And from one of my favorite rock bands of all time, Ario Speedwagon, we're going to roll with the changes, Kevin. We're going to roll with the changes. We're going to keep on rolling. I want to thank my home, Warner Brothers. I want to thank Tyler Picture. Funny. Dude, how, how, could they, how, could they, how could they cancel George Lopez when he was running such an inclusive show? <laughs> I, know. I know. Isn't that how television works? Why all- does that matter? Why does it... <laughs> Why does it matter if it's funny? At the end of the day, like, I mean, I don't, you know, obviously we didn't see a picture of that audience, but I'm assuming it's like the United Colors of Benetton. But <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm, I'm from the school of thought that I feel like racial diversity and ethnic diversity is like the lamest and fakest form of diversity as far as like, that's just something you're born into. Like, I don't associate with white people. Right. I, I mean, hate most white people. Right. Obviously, what brings together, uh, you know, the whole point of comedy is that you don't have to do it specifically on race lines. If it's funny, you can bring yeah. in a lot of people. Yeah, the only diversity is diversity of thought. Sorry for <laughs> dropping some truth on you. But- I love how he said, when they told me I was going to get a talk show, my first thing was diversity. Yeah. Like, what did... The Tonight Show, they're like, hey, no Mexicans allowed. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if, if you find it funny, you find it funny regardless. And yeah, Which no one does. The truth is, is he, the only diversity, I mean, the only real diversity that that show had was people who find Lopez funny and people who don't find <laughs> Lopez funny. And apparently there isn't enough of a diverse audience that fits into the finds Lopez funny or wants to watch his talk show that like, you know, that, yeah. to keep it afloat. I mean. Well, and I think. He he was really high on the idea of putting Conan on before him, but then it, yeah. it, that kind of takes the wind out of his sails. As well, far, maybe he didn't really have a choice, and he he said he was on board with it. But if you have another talk show right in front of you, that's gonna water down your audience. Well, and, yeah, and it's and it's not even like I mean I don't know maybe I'm you know I don't know that that's necessarily the same audience. No, so but it's I like, mean, it's like it's kind not. of like when Daily Show followed or was ahead of Tough Crowd, and I mean. You know, you can argue that Tough Crowd is a superior show. I, you know, I like Tough Crowd more personally. I mean, The Daily Show is funny. John Stewart's great, but I always love Tough Crowd. But Tough Crowd's because of Colin and some of the other guys like DePaulo and whatever, and the yeah. fact that they were, you know, willing to say things that were, you know, not necessarily in line with what The Daily Show was kind of going with. Like Colbert reports, you can clearly say liberal a better agenda, sh- huh? Yeah, the liberal media agenda. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like they were in the same arena because they were about politics, but they really weren't similar at all. Yeah, like so the, the current lineup is. Yeah, the Colbert Report makes so much more sense to follow. But I mean, I wish Tough Crowd was still on because that was a phenomenal show. Yeah, no, it was just so <laughs> the the visual of it's pretty funny or just awkward because they keep um, they keep like panning the crowd and then keep uh, the bands rocking out. Are you uh-huh. speedwagon? <laughs> 
I don't know why I found that funny that as Churchill up is his favorite <laughs> band. But um, yeah, it's all about was, racial diversity, and yeah. then he has this random white person taste. Yeah. yeah. And they kept showing cuts of uh, him just like – you can tell he's obviously like devastated, but he's like yeah. he's trying to smile through it. Obviously, he's I really thought George bummed. Lopez's band was whoever played that song Lowrider. Isn't that like – Isn't that like – I feel like – I could be wrong, but I feel like he – every time I see anything, he like comes out to Lowrider. Like, yeah. Well, a lot of people were saying oh, what really took a hit of his likability was when he divorced his wife. Which, I didn't, see, I didn't no, even know that, so that had no effect that, on me. Yeah, no one knows that. No one cares. I think what sucks is when he does his monologue, he's moving around like a fucking snake. Like really? some snake charmer. Like, what is he doing? No, no. Well, I mean, the, the story about his wife was kind of a big deal because oh, his wife it? gave him a kidney to help him live. Oh, I think and, I did hear that. And then he crazy. divorced, and then he started cheating on her with the kidney that she gave, and then he got divorced. So oh, I man. Think, I think when that yeah. becomes news, that doesn't that doesn't necessarily help your people. Middle America is that. not going to like that. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you got to. I also, I next, did, either, you know, I can see someone saying, "Oh, yeah, he's stealing our jobs and our kidneys." I don't yeah. like this guy. There is someone in Kansas saying that right now. Exactly. <laughs> there was a. I did see him once talk on uh, a talk show. Uh, it might have been Pierce Morgan, and he gave like. I saw it. The, yeah, it was like the worst like political analysis I've ever heard in my life. It was pretty hilarious. Well, he takes himself so seriously too. Like that diversity thing. I mean, he always talks like that on all interviews. At Pierce Morgan, he was like, "Yeah, you know, I think I am a role model for Hispanic young Hispanic people. I'm I'm the one, the one successful Hispanic comedian." He kept saying that. <laughs> really? It's like, yeah, I mean, that may be kind of true. Like you're the most successful, but. To constantly say that you just want to be the most successful comedian, like why? Yeah, I don't. You know, whatever. You know, you know, not to take away from the humor, not to take away from the humor show, but I just don't understand why people. And you know, people are always like, "Oh, you can say that because you're white," but it's like, I care about my family, I care about my friends, I don't care about anyone else. Yeah, I'm not. You know, I just happen to be a white dude, but it doesn't affect anything about how I think or what I am. And if I if it did, then then I would, you know, whatever. I think some people. I, I mean, some people. If do, someone, it, well, obviously, you can't totally. You can't put yourself in someone else's culture. shoes, but I mean, but I, the notion of that. You can't, I mean, I think you can have your own opinions. Like I don't. Right, think and to, I don't know if having a. Uh, yeah, I don't think. I mean, I don't think having George Lopez have a late night show has done anything to increase diversity, no, regardless no. of whether it was successful or not. Mm-hmm. Which it wasn't. Yeah. No, he had a successful sitcom. I think that's kind of his niche. Is the Although broad it, kind of like. Zany, or you know, like amped up energy that plays well on a sitcom talking about his family. That doesn't necessarily, you know, you look at the model of who's been successful in late night, it's kind of more subtle, sarcastic, your Dave Letterman, stuff like that. I mean, I guess Jay Leno is kind of a little more broad, but that style of comedy plays better than the typical George Lopez stuff. Mm-hmm. It would have been funny, though, if, if they would have done some, like, kind of like, uh, like analysis that showed, like since he, you said he was like saying he was making a difference, if there was like something that like George Lopez on the air, like actually like curbed illegal immigration, like when he was on there, like less Mexicans were like, ah, you know, I don't want to go there, like <laughs> yeah. not trying turned, to go there. Turned away people. Or if they were like, look, this is our opportunity and it like went out or like something like that, like that would be yeah. kind of funny. I was on the fence about uh, crossing the border into America, but then I saw this George Lopez yeah. on TBS and I was like, Wait, they're if saying he can he's, do it. They're saying he's funny in America. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, what am I doing in Mexico? <laughs> yeah, Terry, that really is the land of opportunity. They just let unfunny Mexican guys get TV shows. Wow. I mean, I'm a mildly funny Mexican guy. I should have at least, you know. By the I, way, how is all it my friends in Juarez are always telling me I should be doing something. <laughs> yeah, all the other drug mules say I'm the funniest one. <laughs> he's got to be the least funny Mexican. I know. If I think about it, Mexicans are pretty funny. Yeah, they are pretty funny naturally. They're always uh, hitting on people inappropriately. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> walk by a construction site. There's nothing it's funnier great. than you can even walk by with like a, like a non-attractive woman, and and oh, she'll yeah. just get oh, so yeah. mad. That does not stop on me. You know, it's just like <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, I don't even know if it's a Mexican thing, but I mean, I think it's maybe gu- just a day laborer. I didn't yeah, know. construction guys in general enjoy hitting on chicks that walk by, but yeah. in LA, it's all uh, it's mostly uh, Latin yeah. I mean, what it's it's wrong for it's wrong for a construction worker to to hit on a girl, but girls in an office can take a diet coke break and look at a construction worker. <laughs> exactly. 
yeah, what would it be? Just some pieces of meat you can ogle, ladies? Yeah, exactly. But then we can't. And secretly, the ladies like it. Come on. The women yeah. are all desperate for attention. Come on. Is it really that much harassment to have a Mexican man whistle out of you while, you know, while he's putting together some rebar? No, part of that is a compliment. They're totally yeah. going to re- replace George with a uh, day laborer. <laughs> Dude, that would be awesome. Yeah. A day laborer. Late night show. Yeah. And sometimes the thing does I mean, the thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that's they're just a- flicking on the lights on and off. They're giving free t shirts. Yeah. That would work. Flicking the light Yeah, on. you want to talk the, about the an underrepresented light. person. George Lopez has tons of money. Like, get a guy in there that doesn't have money. I want to exactly. know what he thinks. Exactly. He's Matt, someone with different experiences. Matt, like, all he's living he, in a different world. He's a rich, successful guy. We've yeah. heard that voice exactly. on late night. Let's take a day laboring, unsuccessful guy. Yeah, and then don't pay him a lot so he doesn't get jaded or, like, try to, like, you know, come up, like, you know, he loses who he is. Like, he should still make, you know, sub minimum wage. <laughs> So that he can still keep it real and, and really have his hand on the pulse of, of that community. Uh, you want some oranges? <laughs> no, seriously, you want oranges? That actually would be funny, like a whole Oprah show where, like, <laughs> like yeah, the Oprah, guy gives Oprah him, like, likes to say, he oh, gives hey. some oranges or flowers or, like, the random, like, helicopter toy that, like, flies and then comes back. That would be hilarious. Hey, got some, uh, some random fruit here with some uh, hot sauce on it. Thank you, man. This, this show has everything. <laughs> All right, real quick, I uh, I got to play this uh, news story for you. Okay, this is uh, – I always love when they use kids to somehow make a political statement. This is uh, – I don't know if you heard about the news or basically a petition to have – a petition involving Bert and Ernie. The Change.org petition urges Sesame Street's producers to marry Bert and Ernie to encourage LGBT youth that it gets better. PBS responded that Bert and Ernie, roommates of over 40 years, are simply best friends, stating, quote, they remain puppets and do not have a sexual orientation, end quote. Other... <laughs> That's... That's funny. That's I love so how funny. they had to put out a statement. They're puppets. They don't have a sexual orientation. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but we all know they're gay. See, so you're just judging Bert and Ernie. You're just looking at them and assuming they're gay. You're yeah. just making an assumption just by the way they look and act about their sexual lifestyle. That sounds pretty narrow-minded to me. I mean, I could be wrong, but, like, I mean, here's the thing. I'm totally for gay marriage. I'm totally for – I'm totally for a lot of stuff. Like, you know, like, I think I think that should happen. But, yeah, it's like – why did why does it need to be little kids? I'm pretty sure the little kids won't pick up on it. I'm pretty sure they won't pick up on it. Yeah, I, like, I doubt they had that thought of are they gay? Or <laughs> yeah, when when, when when you saw Bert and Ernie going, man, that's just torture that these two uh, puppets can't. I mean, they look at this; they're obviously gay, and they can't consummate yeah. their relationship. They can't even I mean, sleep in the same bed. What is I remember this? watching. They're like, yeah, if if Bert goes to the hospital, Ernie can't have like visitation rights. <laughs> I remember thinking, oh my god, Bert and Ernie—they'll never be able to adopt another puppet because of the current laws stating that even if they are a couple, they can't. Well, actually, they still can adopt people. I don't know. Whatever, whatever they're trying to oh. say, gay people can't do. Oh, my God, Bert and Ernie, they're not going to get that tax break that married people get. God forbid uh, Bert became paralyzed and then they couldn't use (laughs) embryonic puppet stem cells to fix him or whatever. It's just, yeah, this ridiculous. You know, along the same lines, I don't know if you saw the the Spider-Man thing where, like, uh, they're getting rid of Peter Parker. Oh, yeah, to replace with a uh, mixed race. (laughs) Well, yeah, he's he's Hispanic and black. And the best part was is they said... He potentially could be gay in the future. <laughs> oh, not like, really not. So dumb. Come on. Mixed race superheroes. We've seen how Barack Obama worked out, all right? <laughs> I'm kidding. But, uh, yeah, I, no, I don't I mean, know. It, it's, like, it's one of those things where it's like, I think, I think yeah, to I guess an extent maybe. it's good to have those things. Like, I think, I think you know, char- characters in general in TV and in film should should you know mirror society as a whole but when you get when you try to you know push that down to the level of like little kids who one don't even pick up on it and two it's like you're not pushing a you're not pushing a, like a straight agenda you're not pushing any sexual agenda you don't you don't need to sexualize things for children because then that just makes things it just fucks things up because you know it's funny is I, I i read an article in the wall street journal where they talked about um the just say no program and how that um how that program actually got more like the drug rates went up during that program and they said the part of the reason was because kids being told to not do drugs yeah actually it had like a psychological like almost like a reverse or whatever psychological effect where people said 
oh, they're telling me not to do drugs. That means they expect me to do drugs. So the kids who are like the tough bad kids or whatever, you know, are went and did drugs because they thought that the fact that they were even being taught about it meant that they were expected to do it. And yeah. so, you know, like yeah. when you sexualize all these things, it's like, you know, if they do even pick up on it, all you're going to do is make them maybe be more sexual than they should be at their age. Like <laughs> I'm, I wore sweat, I, I wear sweatpants now, but I wore sweatpants until fifth grade when I realized I didn't even really, I'm not even really fully aware. Uh, I think in fourth grade, I realized that, that girl, all girls had vaginas. That's, that was my big revelation in fourth grade. And it blew my mind for like a month. I realized every girl has a vagina. And then I, I realized I could imagine girls naked. And then I still wore sweatpants all through fourth grade. And I didn't realize until fifth grade that if you wore jeans, girls like that. And that's when I started like paying attention to how there I was, There was – yeah, I know that fifth grade, that's the, that's the point where you're like, oh, man, I should care about how I look because yeah. chicks seem to care about that. But everything before that, I don't think I would have even known anything. Like to this day, I actually had a friend in fourth, fifth grade who, whose mom was a lesbian and she lived with her partner and we would always go over to her place and like eat frozen dinners and like, you know, whatever, watch sports and stuff. And I had no clue until like I was like 22. And like I said, I went to his pl- I was friends with him until like probably fifth and sixth grade. And, and even then I, you know, had no clue about anything until I was like 22 and someone brought it up and was like, oh yeah, it's like. And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember he had his mom and his mom's girlfriend. I was like, oh, yeah, that's what she was, I guess. I, I, you know, I didn't think about that shit. Yeah. I don't, I don't think they're all thinking this way, but I think people are aware that if you, if you reach people when they're young, then you've got a way to push your agenda forward in the future. I'm not saying that's good or a good or bad agenda, but that's probably yeah. what's going on. All right. Well, man, my agenda is that uh, people go out to the movie theaters tonight and see 30 Minutes or Less, co-written <laughs> yes. by uh, Matt Sullivan. Thank you, everyone. And uh, check out Matt Sullivan on Twitter, at SullyJHU, uh, right, Matt? Yeah, that's uh, S-U-L-L-Y-J-H-U. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Green Room Comedy Podcast. And, uh, Logan, you want to take things out? Oh, do you have a haiku ready or no? Sorry, I don't. Didn't okay. have a pen today. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, Wait, uh, also, I want to know, how, how long are you going to be sponsored by Amazon? Not to get yeah. – take this um, further. Amazon is, uh, is the, the sponsor. Government. Yes. And, uh, yeah, we got the Amazon thing worked out. Oh, it so, is? So, yeah, you can go to SeanTGreen.com, click the Amazon link, and uh, we're good to go. Are you doing it out of another state? Not to like oh, – yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I'm doing it through Pennsylvania. Perfect. Okay. Is, so, oh, like, nice. Yeah. Stick, stick Uncle Sam. What are you going to do about it, government? You nice. can't stop me. Perfect. So, I'm glad to hear You can't even – Hope to the contain. state's going down the toilet. So does that old California link still is. work, or is yes. it a different link? Yep, it's the same cool. link. You can bookmark that link. Use it to support the green room today. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the green room. Thanks for listening to The Green Room. Check out SeanTGreen.com and click the iTunes link to subscribe to the podcast. Or follow the show on Twitter at Green Room Show. What do you see her walk by in the tight jeans? And he looked at her like...